Lecture topic. Taking lessons from calamities. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alam ya'ni lilladhina amanu an takhsha'a qulubuhum lidhikrillahi wa ma nazala minal haq. ولا يكونوا كالذين اوتوا الكتاب من قبل فطال عليهم الامد فقصد قلوبهم وكثير منهم فاسقون صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لزم الاستغفار جعل الله له من كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل هم فرجا ورزقه من حيث لا يحتسب او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters alhamdulillah this allah taala's special grace and favor that allah taala blessed us with the tawfiq of sparing a little bit of time for the sake of learning something in deen saying something in deen listening to something about deen may allah taala make it a means of benefit for myself for all of us may allah taala make it a means of hidayat for one and all the speaker is most in need of whatever he said but each one has to feel that this is for me the speaker has to feel the same and every listener has to think in the same manner and with the intention that allah taala make this a means of hidayat of a means of me getting onto amal and action so according to the intention allah taala will bless us inshallah throughout the world we are seeing many many things that are taking place incidents that are occurring on a very major scale things that happen or used to previously we should be heard about maybe once in many many years something of that scale and now every now and again something of a very major event is heard about somewhere or the other in the world so many things in our own country so many things that we are complaining about from a political side of things from financially politically financially and in terms of the security in terms of so many things there are many many issues that we are all the time worried about concerned about so all this is something that carries on we are very concerned but as mu'minin as people of iman our way of analyzing things is to look at what is the guidance we have in the quran sharif in the mubarak sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in regards to how to respond to these occurrences what to make of it what kind of mindset to have in this regard so this is what we have to try and ponder over and try to take some lesson out of it the system allah taala has created in dunya is a system of cause and effect the system of cause and effect that when something happens then there's a reaction fire is a cause the effect is it burns 
water is a cause, its effect is it will extinguish that fire. If there is a sufficient quantity of fire, uh, water put over that fire, it will douse those flames and it will extinguish it. That's the nature of water, that's the nature of fire. Person is hungry, he eats, that hunger will be satiated with the food. And instead of food, if he eats something else, he looked at some artificial fruit, plastic, and he says this looks better than the original, so he somehow bit into it and somehow chewed it and swallowed it, he'll get terribly sick. He might become even lose his life in the process depending what happens. So now, that food is the means of satisfying the hunger, not something else. Likewise, the water will quench the thirst. Just as we understand very, very well the link between fire and burning and water and quenching, etc. Allah has made the link between our a'mal and the conditions that prevail. What kind of actions are done, that's the kind of conditions that prevail. Now this is what we have to consider that in an individual scale, ourselves personally, in our own lives, in our homes, in our families, extended families, in our communities, in the ummah at large, what is dominant? What is prevailing generally? Is it a dominance of khair and good? Allah forbid the other way around. Perhaps in some places there might be a lot of good taking place. Some places there might be little less. But on a general level what's dominating? How many things are happening that are not in accordance with the commands of Allah Ta'ala? Now this becomes the means of so many things changing. In the Quran Sharif there is an ayat which is often misunderstood. Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ With the direct translation of this is, Allah Ta'ala does not change whatever is the condition of a community, of a nation, until they change what is their situation. Often people take it to mean that this ayat refers to that if there is a problem, a difficulty upon someone, upon some community, there is some hardship, some calamity, then until people don't come back to Allah Ta'ala, Allah will not change their condition. Now that conclusion in itself is correct, but this ayat doesn't refer to that. This ayat refers to the opposite actually. What it refers to? that that community, that nation that Allah Ta'ala has blessed with peace, with security, with happiness, with prosperity, with the na'mas of Allah Ta'ala, with the good conditions, with the good, with the harmony and whatever other positive aspects are there. So mashallah they are enjoying this goodness. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that Allah won't change this. This goodness that they are enjoying, in Allah la yughayiru ma biqawmin. Allah will not change their prosperity, will not change their peace, will not change their security, will not change all the good conditions that they are enjoying unless they change their condition. They are good currently, if they start slipping up, they go into the wrong, they start disobeying Allah Ta'ala, then they will become the means of their own condition then changing for the worse. So the good that was there if it disappeared suddenly on a general level, 
some tests, some trials do happen all the time. Some challenges come today to this person, tomorrow to that person, in the form of some loss, something, small, small things, some little bigger things. This is part of the test of life. And Allah Ta'ala has clearly declared that this will happen. He will certainly test you. Allah Ta'ala says with some loss, with fear, with some hunger, with some loss, etc. This is part of the challenge of life. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, Allah Ta'ala save us. But this is something that happens. But when things happen in terms of a general condition on an extended period, everything has just changed. Everything has become a different life, they say. They say they call it the new South Africa. Say, no, it's the new kind of people that are living in South Africa. The new South Africa came because the new kind of people, meaning the actions of the Muslims. What kind of amal? Are they keeping up with the kind of values that their forefathers had? The honesty, the uprightness, the chastity, the morality, the haya, the shame. All these things in general, all the values, Imani values. The people 40 years ago, 50 years ago, maybe a little more, they weren't very, very learned as much as people are nowadays, meaning in general. There were very few ulama, very few pious personalities of that caliber, meaning very learned as well. But there was general piety among people. They were not so much into the details of knowledge. They knew their faraiz, they knew their wajibat, they knew how to conduct their lives correctly. But they weren't so deep into the aspects of knowledge. Nowadays is information explosion at the press of a button, what not is just coming on. They didn't have all that. And they didn't even many couldn't even read as much as we probably read nowadays. They didn't have the access to the books to Sarafud. So they didn't have so much of knowledge as is present nowadays even in the general people. But what they possessed was the essence of that knowledge. We may be able to access a lot of information about Haya, know many aspects and details about Haya, know about the Ahadith in this regard, know so many things. They probably, if somebody asked them, what is something in the Quran Sharif about Haya, they say, look, I'm not an Alim, I don't know. Anything in the Hadith Sharif? Say, well, Haya is obviously a very big thing, very important thing, but I don't know the Hadith Sharif itself. Something else, some detail, say, no, I don't know. So they don't know and didn't know maybe to be able to quote that this is the virtue, this is the aspect mentioned in the Quran Sharif regarding this, this is the aspect in the Hadith Sharif mentioned. They didn't have that knowledge of that level in terms of the general people. Nowadays, many a person would be able to say these things, though he's not formally, he didn't go to some higher learning, madrasa, etc. But they can say many of these things. But what those people, what the difference was, they didn't have all the details, but they had haya. They had what the essence of it all is. They had haya. Their dressing was dressing of haya. Nowadays, it's hard to sometimes distinguish between a Muslim and a non-Muslim. It's hard to distinguish between a mu'min and somebody who is part of the Yahud and Nasara the fashion and the style and how the dressing goes and then that is now regarded as it and let alone distinguish between a mu'min and a disbeliever sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between male and female also 
one person, just something on the light side, he was sitting somewhere and some children were playing. So now he was just sitting in some public place and some children were playing in front. So now he's looking but he's trying to figure out now, is this a boy or a girl? So now he's saying now aloud, boy or girl? Is this boy or girl? So now somebody overheard him, who was also sitting close by. So he turned to him in a little bit like upset, can't you see it's a boy? So now he looked, so he said, I'm sorry man, I didn't know you the father of this child. So he got even more upset, he said, I'm not the father, I'm the mother of the child. So he couldn't make out who's the son or the daughter, and he couldn't make out whether it's the father or the mother. Now that has become the condition unfortunately, where there's a complete breakdown of all these values, values of haya, modesty, shame, that is all, so now the knowledge is sometimes there to some extent, but the values got lost. Now these are the things that then start happening on a blatant note. Now there's some family function, there's some wedding, there's something else, and people are all now blatantly parading in that manner, men and women all intermingled, and now this is sin on a blatant note. One is somebody is hiding and doing something that is also wrong. But what the person is hiding and doing, it might be comparatively more serious than somebody else doing something which is of a lower level but doing it blatantly, can't be bothered. Doesn't matter who sees, what goes on, that becomes even more dangerous because it is blatant sin. And blatant sin, that is indeed very, very dangerous, very dangerous. A person becoming, so to say, proud of sin. A person becoming unconcerned of Allah Ta'ala. If I, if I walk around in this manner where all the laws of Sharia in terms of dressing are flouted and the figure of the body is being exposed, perhaps part of the, what is meant to be covered is exposed and what it means, doesn't matter, I'm fine like this, that's the fashion now, that's the style. These are the things that become problematic for the whole community then, for the whole ummah thereafter. So now, this is where the difference comes, that what Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, Allah blessed us with deen. Deen was to bring alive all these values of iman. But we drifted away. And now, when things go in that manner, that mashallah this community was going well, there was peace, there was security, there was barakat in so many things. One person used to be earning and there used to be seven, eight, ten people living under the same roof. Every family had so many children, seven children, six children, ten children. Go back two generations up, that was the norm. Two, three generations up, that was quite common, very common. Three generations up that many people you talk about, they say, oh, I got eight, my siblings are eight, nine, somebody is eleven, somebody is... So now, one person was earning only. That one person was earning, so many people were eating, and everybody was fine. There was so much of barakat in everything. They may not have had so much of comforts and luxuries perhaps, but they had a comfortable life. They had a comfortable life, they were happy, they had the essence of what luxuries and comforts are meant to give. They had a comfortable life, they had peace, they had contentment. So now the point is that mashallah, they were living this simple life, but a life filled with values, a life conscious of Allah Ta'ala, a life where they may not have had much valuables, but they had a lot of good values. Nowadays, there might be a lot of valuables, 
lot of wealth but unfortunately values are running down values very basic values respect for parents respect for elders very basic values these are going out of our lives now this is the issue that Allah Ta'ala says that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ So something changed down the line. All the good conditions that were prevailing, something changed down the line in terms of the people themselves, us. As a result of which, the conditions have changed now. Now we are living in fear, we are living in a situation where everything is now in a different note, there was a time when I was mentioning to somebody that the first time in my life I heard the word load shedding when I was perhaps about maybe 25 years old and I heard it in India. I hadn't heard it in South Africa. And when I heard it for the first time at about that age of about 25, so the person who I asked him, but why this power keeps going off and it was hot in summer now, you want the fan on? And suddenly now there's no, no power now, that fan is off. I asked him, why does the light keep going off? So he told me load shedding. I asked him, what's that? Load shedding, load shedding, what's that now? Never heard about it in our life. I was a young person, so he's looking at me very strangely. This person like, makes it like he's coming from you know, one very advanced country, South Africa, he can speak English and all that. I'm telling him load shedding, he doesn't know what's load shedding. So he looked at me like in a very strange manner, what's wrong with this fellow now? He's supposed to be knowing English, but he doesn't know what's load shedding. So once upon a time, that was such a, such a, not even heard word, something that was out of this, not in the vocabulary, never heard about it. But nowadays, every child knows about load shedding. Now the point is that this condition changed, why it changed? So now what is the solution? We'll understand when we understand why this changed. Then we'll understand the solution as well. To understand the solution, just to get an idea, the in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives many many aspects in the Qur'an Sharif, many examples, many incidents of the Anbiya Ali Musalam. These are for our ibrat. لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Allah Ta'ala says in the incidents of the Anbiya Ali Musalam, there's ibrat, there's lessons. Likewise in the incidents mentioned about previous nations. They also, the lesson is what is required, the ibrat, to take the ibrat. So in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions about the people of Sabah. The people of Sabah, this was a nation that existed in the past. They were living a very, very excellent life in terms of prosperity, peace, happiness. Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لِسَبَعٍ فِي مَسْكَنِهِمْ آيَا there's a sign in the place where the people of Sabah lived, in their maskan, in their place of abode, there was a sign, ayah, meaning now look at this and then look where it finished off. And then take a lesson out of it. Jannatani ayyaminim wa shimal, lush gardens, both on the right and left. The entire road leading up to this place was on both sides with these lush gardens abundant fruit mentioned that the fruit used to be so abundant that a person wishing to pluck the fruit all they needed to do was put a basket on their head and as they walking along the handle of the basket would knock onto some leaves or branches 
and just that mere knock on it will cause the fruit to fall in it. Just one short walk through that orchard, the basket will be full. Didn't need to go and pluck it from anywhere also. Meaning such abundance. Allah Ta'ala has blessed great abundance to them. Jannatani ayyamini wa shimal Allah Ta'ala says, eat from the risk of your Rabb and be grateful to Him. Eat and be grateful. Meaning eating, eating is not confined to only eating, but benefit from all the ni'mat Allah has given, Allah's ni'mat. Allah's ni'mat, Allah has given to enjoy it. What is halal, what is within the limits of sharia, what has been acquired in a halal way, what has been, the rights of it are being fulfilled. So, that ni'mat which Allah is blessed with, by all means, Allah's ni'mat. So, Allah Ta'ala says, كُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ رَبِّكُمْ But then, وَشْكُرُوا لَهُ Be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Now, what is the meaning of gratitude? What is the meaning of shukr? So, we have often discussed this, often heard it, we've often... This is a very common topic in a bayan, and it is a topic which we need to hear even more often. We need to speak about it even more often. And we need to speak about what is the reality of shukr. So one is the verbal shukr. That too is required of us. That we should be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. And make shukr. And express our gratitude. Allahumma lakal hamd wa lakal shukr. On all the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Repeatedly, deeply from the heart. Not just something done in a haphazard manner. Properly, consciously, deeply. Shukr on all the na'mats of Allah Ta'ala. Everything that is positive. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Expressing shukr on all the na'mats of Allah Ta'ala. But then together with the verbal shukr is the shukr of the heart. That Ya Allah, this is purely your gift to me which I didn't deserve one iota of. To be convinced about that deep down in the heart. And then the reality of shukr is to be obedient to the benefactor. Allah is the benefactor. Allah has granted the ni'mat. The reality of shukr is now to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. Allah blessed us with countless ni'mats. Now to express the shukr by means of obedience. Now that is the shukr. So Allah is saying, Kulu rabbikum So now if Allah has blessed somebody with wealth, then that wealth is used in a way that Allah is pleased. That is the shukr of that wealth. And if that wealth is spent in avenues that Allah is displeased with, now when we talk about spent in avenues that Allah is displeased with, shaitan quickly puts some thoughts in the mind. Now this too is shaitan's ajeeb way of distracting us from amal sometimes. Shaitan puts some things in the mind. Alhamdulillah, and definitely alhamdulillah, I am not drinking, I am not spending my money in drinking, in drugs, in gambling, in going to some haram places. So this doesn't apply to me. Alhamdulillah, if our wealth is not getting spent in these kind of things, Alhamdulillah, summa Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala keep it like that and enable us to progress from there. But if we look deeply, if we look more carefully, so just to take as an example, which is a very common issue, now if there's a wedding for example, and in that wedding now, somebody spends some money, for what? So now, for music for example. So now that money that was spent for music to be played in that function or somebody paid a photographer to come in now video that whole gathering there and whatever. So now where this money went? Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad 
where this money went. Now that function was held in such a way that there was now no segregation. Men and women all intermingle. Now I say, no, well, this is the, how it happens. So now that money was spent to facilitate something in a way that displeases Allah Ta'ala. So where the money went? Now is that gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for this ni'mad? If a person didn't have it, would he be able to now splash out like that in a haram? So now that is ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala for this ni'mad, for this wealth. Now a person is spending it on clothing. What kind of clothing? Clothing that doesn't count as clothing in terms of shariat and in terms of the dictates of haya, where the body is being exposed either in a way that the garment is not covering because the fabric is so, so thin or the shape of the body is being exposed. So now is that money going in a way that Allah is pleased or displeased? Is that gratitude or ingratitude for that Nambat of Allah Ta'ala? Now these are just one or two examples but shaitan distracts our mind away from this. Somebody is now, very more simple example, somebody went to buy airtime. Why he went to buy airtime? Because now he ran out of airtime and he needs to now quickly get back onto chatting. Chatting to who? Some haram chat. Now that airtime, that money was spent on airtime, the person who is involved in the haram chat sometimes don't even regard that as haram anymore. That is the very dangerous thing. That I was involved in chatting to somebody haram, illicit chat. But that concept of haram has gone out of the heart for it. This is what draws down azab. And a person has got regret and remorse, inshallah Allah will protect him. But when that regret is gone also, let alone regret gone, thinking nothing about it. So now one is that haram. That is a sin itself. Here he went to buy the eight hand to facilitate that. This money was spent on haram now. Because this was his intention. The intention was, eight time is eight time, but he no problem with it. Why he bought the eight time? He bought the eight time to do go and now chat on haram chat. His money was now spent for haram. Now this is just for us to reflect on how many things happen in our day to day life where things are spent in this manner and we don't give a second thought to it because we didn't go and buy some drugs with this we didn't go and buy some nausbillah haram meat somewhere some haram food somewhere so indeed alhamdulillah that Allah Ta'ala's na'mad that, that didn't happen but is this correct also? is this in place? or is this also in the side of ingratitude? now this is where the problem lies that very often what is part of ingratitude is not even realized. That this too is wrong. But the realization is gone. The concepts have changed. So coming back to the discussion of that ayat where Allah Ta'ala speaks about the people of Sabah. So Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لِسَبَئِنْ فِي مَسْكَنِهِمْ آيَةً That indeed in the people of, the, of, of Sabah, in their living there was the sign for people to take a lesson. جَنَّتَانِ عَيَّمِينِ وَشِمَالِ كُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ رَبِّكُمْ مَشْكُرُوا لَهَا بَلْدَةٌ طَيِّبَةٌ وَرَبٌّ غَفُورٌ What a wonderful place they were given and Allah Ta'ala being the most merciful Allah is blessing them with so many ni'mads but then Allah Ta'ala says what happened فَأَعْرَضُوا فَأَعْرَضُوا 
they turn their backs to Allah Ta'ala. They turn their backs onto the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And took things for, just trivialized it, just brushed things away, just made small of big, big things. For example, just intermingling now in some function, family function, within homes, between non-mahrams, etc. So now somebody might have raised it now, but you know what, this is not right, we need to have the segregation. You don't know about all that now, it's not, not so important. Allah make hifazat, Allah forgive us. That is a very dangerous statement. If we are not yet doing something, we are not yet practicing on something, or oh Allah forbid we caught up in something wrong, the least is acknowledge the wrong. Never ever brush it aside as if it's not a problem. Or try to make it small. Say, no, don't, don't worry about all that. Don't ever say, don't worry about it. It's something to worry about. Say, yes, it's my weakness. Okay, make dua for me. I'm weak. I'm doing this wrong. I, you know, I need to make toba. Inshallah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. Say something in the line of getting closer to Allah. Ta'ala. Never ever make a statement of just shutting it down. This is unfortunately a thing that happens from time to time. And it's a very dangerous thing. People don't realize how dangerous it is. Just depending sometimes at that moment what is said and how it is said and how it was so called brushed off. Allah forbid, Allah forbid sometimes, sometimes, in some instances because of how it was said or what was said, the person's iman is on the line. The person's iman is on the line. That action was not kufr. That action was not disbelief. It was a sin. Sin is a sin. It's a major thing. It's a problem. But it's not kufr. But because of how it was just trivialized and brushed aside, it can sometimes lead to kufr. That trivializing of it. That becomes istighfaf. Trivializing something of deen, the command of deen, making it look like unimportant. Whereas Allah Ta'ala has made something haram, so that's Allah's command. So now, na'uzubillah, it tantamounts to saying, Allah's command, yes, but this is not important. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Now, that is a very major level of a disobedience, and this becomes a very major ingratitude. Now, this is what is being expressed here for a'aradu they turn their backs onto the commands of Allah Ta'ala and then trivializing things just brushing things aside acknowledge something is wrong it's wrong I'm not fulfilling certain command in our homes maybe in our families extended families in our functions something's not happening right accept it that it's wrong this is wrong is wrong don't ever try to justify a wrong justifying a wrong is far worse than the wrong itself. That wrong, that might be on the scale of 1 to 10, it might be 2 out of 10. Time to justify that wrong might become 11 out of 10. In how bad it is. So, this is the very important aspect and unfortunately, now these are the things which sometimes become very common. Very common. And nobody takes any note about it. Why? Because everybody is following in the same manner of things brushing things aside, just taking this as lightly, taking that as nothing, no big deal. But then now the combined effect of all that, Allah forbid what becomes the outcome. 
So Allah Ta'ala is saying, فَأَعْرَضُوا فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَيْلَ الْعَرِمْ They turned their backs onto the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says that we then sent upon them the flood of the dams. Huge dams that they had built. Prior to building these dams, there used to be a problem every time the heavy rains would come, the place would get flooded up completely. So then they built these dams. Now the dams became a very great benefit to them. On the one hand, the water would now be held behind the dam wall, so now the flooding stopped. And then now, after the rainy season, they had this reservoir of water now. Throughout the year, they would just now channel that water into their gardens and orchards. So everything just worked out very good for them. Now this huge dam they built up. But Allah Ta'ala is Qadir Mutlaq. Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat is above everything. So now the reminders came and reminders came and reminders came and they just carried on just brushing it aside, not taking any heed. So Allah Ta'ala eventually says, فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَيْلَ الْعَرِيمِ We sent upon them the flood of the dams. Allah Ta'ala caused some kind of animals, rodents, like rats, kind of big animals, rats or something of that nature that got into the dam walls. Can we imagine now, what's a wall, what's an animal? And they started eating up that wall from within and became hollow from within. But from outside everything is looking wonderful, everything looking perfect, safe, very secure. Everything is looking 100%, but it's not 100%, it's sitting at 20% now. Because everything is all hollow inside and it's getting, coming close to 10% maybe. So now many times everything looks so rosy to us. Everything looks so wonderful, everything is so fine. See now everything is 100%. Allah knows best, due to our actions, from inside is already hollowed out. From outside is all 100%. But from inside is sitting at 20% only, 10%. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Now the next rains came, those walls were now so weakened, it obviously couldn't hold the pressure of the water, and it just overran it, and the next thing the whole place was completely flooded out. Now, these things happen as tests also in dunya, whether it's earthquakes, whether it's floods, whether it's some fire, whether it is some other catastrophe that happens, whether it is some diseases sometimes, all these things, they happen as a test as well. And those who are patient in the test, then Allah Ta'ala rewards them tremendously. Allah Ta'ala raises their stages in the Akhirat. Those who pass away in these kind of tests, they get the rank of shuhada. Those who lose sometimes wealth, property, etc., but this was a challenge and they adopted sabr, then that becomes a means of great progress in deen also and Allah replaces it with far better in dunya as well. So all these things happen as tests as well. And sometimes it comes as a wake-up call. It also comes as a wake-up call. So now, the wake-up call, outwardly, is sometimes very severe. But if a person took ibrat from it, and he corrected his life, then as severe as that was outwardly, that became a very big na'mat for him. As severe as that was outwardly, for him, in terms of his akhirat, became a very big na'mat, because it woke him out of his slumber, and it brought him to what the purpose of their whole thing was, لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, so that they may return. He returned. So when he returned, Alhamdulillah, he returned. 
that became the means of his return that became a very big boon now imagine some, something happened and somebody is now child got lost Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and child got lost somewhere and somebody else didn't realize what they are doing they saw the child they kidnapped the child and now they kidnapped the child and they were racing away so now but because the road they took they ended up at a roadblock so now they ended up at a roadblock they found the child in a jungle somewhere the child got lost so now that roadblock somehow the police looked inside he says well, hey something is not looking right here and they realized hey these people now they abducted this child from somewhere so now they found the child so now on the one side these people were kidnappers they were abducting the child but the child was found in the jungle by them the parent will be mixed feelings the chances are going to be more grateful that they finally they did kidnap the child because at least got found at the roadblock otherwise in the jungle if that animal came to the child before them that might have been the end now this is a terrible thing they abducted the child but they could actually be grateful to the abductors that will save the child though they are happy they got caught too what the point is that that was a very severe matter it was a mishap but they are actually grateful that that happened because the child got found as a result of this now we must make dua for afiyat from all difficulties from all hardships all calamities ask Allah for safety from all this but if some difficulty came and it made somebody, it helped somebody to get found it helped somebody find his path to Allah the difficulty became a na'mat for him for him it became a na'mat and it took him towards Allah it appeared to be zahmat it became rahmat zahmat means a difficulty rahmat the blessing so outwardly it was a difficulty, it was zahmat but it became rahmat for him why? because he found his path to Allah so all these things happening around the world these are lessons for us these are things that we need to set up and take note about but we need to take the lesson take the lesson of turning and coming back to Allah these are not just news items 50,000 people passed away in this earthquake so many got drowned here <coughs> this happened there there was this fire that just raised 2,000 homes in that country and this happened and that happened, just news items and then after that what? what lesson we took from it? this is what Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif <coughs> that أَلَمْ يَعْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ has the time not come for the people of Iman that their hearts become submissive to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and for the command of Allah Ta'ala for accepting the command of Allah Ta'ala and for whatever Allah is revealed in the Quran Sharif and they should not become like the people of the book that a lengthy period came over them they saw sign after sign but made no change to their lives they didn't reflect now what are the wrongs what are the wrongs not in what I just think what is wrong but in the light of true knowledge inquire from the ulama ikram read up authentic literature and reflect upon our own life see where am I going wrong how many things I am doing which are not in order and make dua to Allah Ta'ala beg Allah's forgiveness, beg Allah Ta'ala's help so now to then make changes in our life one one thing at a time also but we are making changes, we are recognizing wrong for wrong 
accepting and acknowledging this is wrong and then making an effort to now move forward making an effort to change that wrong so now this becomes a means of great progress so now what we need to also reflect is how many changes we have made as a result of all what we are seeing around us so Allah is saying don't become like these people sign after sign and they just ignored it the result becomes so called they become immune these things happen now so what these things happen as a result the heart becomes hard and this hardened heart it can't take nasihat no advice impacts on it the advice doesn't penetrate the heart so now whatever a person hears what he reads just bounces off sometimes there's a dini discussion taking place now in the dini discussion but now there's no interest in it why because the heart so now the person somebody out there is now pouring their heart out maybe but now we sitting there we so caught up on the phone whatever else this happens all these kind of things happen meaning that nasihat is just making no inroads whatsoever that person is sitting and he's just carrying on with something else as far away from taking any lesson out of what is the discussion maybe now all this is the result of that heart become hard person hears about the dangers of sin the azab of the akhirat etc and they just carried on like nothing happened he hears about how how short life is how suddenly people are gone person is there and is suddenly just gone and how many times these things happen but nothing no difference why because the heart is hard so Allah ta'ala says walakin qasat qulubuhum and shaitan then adorns all the sins for such a person now the land when the land becomes totally hard no rain so now nothing can nothing of benefit can grow out of that land what grows out of it thorny trees some bitter fruit will come out very bitter just one two things here and there thorny bushes weeds that's what comes now when the heart has become hard spiritually hard so now only dark deeds sins evil that is what the person is inclined to and more and more of the same thing then and now one thing is not enough then the next thing something worse and then something worse and then going to places that are worse and then doing things that are worse and that are save us and protect us this is the effect of the hardened heart only weeds only bitter fruit the people around also have to bear the brunt of that bitterness the akhlaq of the person becomes very bitter only bitter words people hear swearing at this person and humiliating that person breaking that person's heart in some other way and talking all gossiping here ribad there running somebody down there all kinds of things Allah save us and then our mu'amalat our mu'ashirat our akhlaq everything negative why? because the heart is hard so Allah Ta'ala says but look there's no need for despondency time is short we have no guarantee of what, when time will run out but there's hope if we take the step now اعلموا أن الله يحيي الأرض بعد موتها that know well Allah brings that dead earth to life as well Allah brings it to life after death likewise we are being given hope 
that look, if we turn to Allah Ta'ala in sincere istighfar, in toba, in zikr, in dua, in tasbihat, in ta'aleem in our homes, and by means of ta'aleem in our homes, by means of ibadat tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, we are in this Mubarak month of Shaban, we are heading towards Ramadan, it's a time to now really direct ourselves in this manner, really focus on the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, whatever our work is, we'll carry on, what we have to do, we'll do, but our heart and mind should now be focused in this direction, how to maximize the benefit of Ramadan, so to start off from now, a tartib of tilawat, of zikr, some time for dua, nawafil, and start off the talim of the fazail Ramadan, the virtues of Ramadan in our homes, to build up that spirit of Ramadan, in this way, inshallah, we will then see the benefit that will come, this will become the rain for the hardened hearts, that heart which is now so hard, that only bitter fruit can come out of it, only thorny trees and weeds can come, there'll be now amal coming inshallah, there'll be goodness coming, Allah brings a dead life to heart, the dead heart to life, starting point, sincere tawbah, lot of istighfar, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and the talim, etc., all this becomes the rain on the heart. And keeping ourselves excessively engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, in particular istighfar. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, Man lazim al-istighfar. <coughs> the one who holds fast onto istighfar, attaches themselves to it. So now keep a tasbih counter all the time on the hand. Nowadays it has become like convenient now, that little plastic tasbih counter, they just wrap it around the finger. That inshallah will be far more valuable than that diamond ring as well. Because this will remind us to make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. That might make us boast, but this will make us get close to Allah Ta'ala. So keep that, that's got its place also, in its proper place, in its time and place, no problem with that. Allah Ta'ala has not forbidden that, but put that tasbih counter on the hand as well. And throughout the day, every now and again, that will become a reminder to at least recite a few times. Some istighfar. Astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu ilayhi. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Ayat al-Karima, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minal zalimeen. There's so many virtues of all this time has run out. But every now and again, we, may, we will not be able to manage doing it continuously also. But every now and again, even every hour also, in total, in that hour we spend 10 minutes in total. During the chores, while we're busy now, while doing our chores, one minute here, two minutes there, some kalimat came onto our tongues. That five minutes, ten minutes per hour also, over the course of the day, that will add up to one to one and a half, two hours. Which at the moment would not be of any such amal in that time, but that time which was without any amal, it was just okay, nothing wrong was being done. There was some household work carrying on at that time. But those five and ten minutes will add up to one and a half hours of zikr of Allah Ta'ala. One and a half hours of istighfar. Now, istighfar brings down the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. If we spread this message of istighfar, and in one day now, somebody made in this manner five minutes now, after another half an hour, another five minutes, ten minutes, and in that process they made istighfar a thousand times, and we get this message out to thousand people to do the same, one million istighfar daily are being made in our town, in our community, how much rahmat of Allah will come? And then we spread this further. So now this is what we have to turn to, turn to amal, bring that rain onto the heart, onto the land of the heart, and inshallah, the good that will come as a result of this, that good will be beneficial for us in dunya also, will bring the barakat and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, 
and most importantly it will pave our way to Jannat for us with the Fazl of Allah Ta'ala may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat in our deen in our dunya save us from every calamity and hardship whoever has suffered any calamity hardship, loss wherever it might be whether in our own towns in our families wherever they may live whether in any part of the world the Muslims wherever they are suffering also we make dua for everybody Allah bless each one with better than what they lost those who passed away anywhere whether in sicknesses in diseases in accidents in whatever the issues might have been Allah Ta'ala forgive them grant them Jannatul Firdaus Allah Ta'ala grant khair and afiyat to one and all wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayt ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahnu ya rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله